0: All right, so the recipe, we are on a series called The Recipe, How to Spice Up Your Prayer Life. If you're on social media, the hashtag is TheRecipeForPrayer. Of course, if you want sermon notes, just send an email at info at bridgechurch.cc. We've got a great response. There's a lot of people that have been asking for these sermon notes, and uh, so it's very, very encouraging. You guys got your journal? Hold your journal up. You got it alright, that's pretty good, that's pretty good. Um, I want to share something that someone uh, made for me, that they actually gave it to me just before service. It's a little bookmark that they made, and it's a little shepherd's hook. And uh, they, they just want to thank me for uh, shepherding this campus here. And it's really cool, too. It's got a little, uh, little prayer box as well, at the very end, that you can open. And, um, and uh, they said that you can put your most fervent prayers in that. So, that's really cool. So, thank you so much for that. It really means a lot. And uh, I'll, make sure, I'll make sure that I, that I use that. So I encourage you guys to just get it in your journals. Um, man, it's really going to impact your life. Some of the areas that we want to focus on as t- in 2016, we, we talked about um, Vision Sunday a few weeks ago. I would just want to briefly go down through those. Uh, my wife said briefly because she said I talked too long about those last week. So, so I'm, I listened to my wife. Uh, happy wife, happy life. So number one, pray strategically, and not just for this series, but for the entire year. So we want to pray strategically. Serve Him, not them. Everything we do, we do for Jesus, right? Number three, outward focused. I um, heard a cool story this week. Uh, there was someone that um, in our in our church that was that had a fridge. It was an older fridge they were getting rid of, and and um, but then they said, you know what? I want to just give it to the bridge and see if they need it. Well, there was an elderly lady in the community. Her fridge was about to, re- ready to go out. And so they were able to give that fridge to this elderly lady. So that's really cool. Uh, number four, increased spirit of generosity. One of the things that we're doing is we're doing a, a new initiative called One for Change, where, uh, where once a month, any spirit change that you have, you just drop it off of the door. And then, uh, and then we use that. Uh, so, we're going to share that, that the, the last Sunday of every month. We're going to share what we did with that money. And uh, I, I can't wait to share that next week. It's really cool what your money did. Um, over $1,500 in just spare change that you guys brought in. And uh, we were able to bless some, uh, some really cool organizations. So, can't wait to, to, to share that. Number five expect miracles, ask God for the impossible asking God for the impossible. Listen, we serve a God that has created everything. What can he not do in your life? What can he not do in your marriage, in your family, in your kids, in your business, in your community? There is nothing impossible with God. Um, Whenever our our kids are small, we always kind of sit them on our our bellies. And uh, my wife sings this little uh, cute little song. And uh, and she, it's hard, really hard, I need like a baby to do this, but anyway, she kind of lifts up one arm, and she's like, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God can't do, it's really cute, so, uh, so we're doing that with Declan right now, and, and he just smiles, and, uh, but there's nothing that your God can't do, nothing. Uh, number six, own it, so when, we, when you see a need, you don't wait for someone else to meet it, you meet it. When you see a need in your church, when you see a need at your work, when you see a need in your community, you go out and you meet it. And number seven, make disciples. We really want to um, form a leadership pipeline this year. We want to we pour into you and and, and just uh, continue to build up leaders, but not just leaders in in, in our church, but you know, There's many of you that are leaders in your jobs, and so we want to come alongside of you and, and, and help you be a more effective leader in your jobs or in your school or whatever it is. Uh, one of the ways that we do this, we, we want to give you resources this year. We have a, a resource called Right Now Media. It's basically the Netflix of Bible studies. There's thousands of studies, and um, we pay uh, quite a bit a month for that, but it's for you for free. And so if you want access to that and you come to the bridge, just email info at bridgechurch.cc and we will get you access to that. Um, there's our, our life groups use that. Uh, we got we got people that while they're folding laundry at home, especially if you've got kids, you got laundry. Whew, gee, I'm telling you what, man, uh, I need to open up a laundry mat or something. But with four kids. Um, but uh, but it's an opportunity for you to just use it and grow as well. I want to share a cool story about um, just resources that we provide. In the back table there, we have a red book. It's the Gospel of John, and there's a four-part study, and it, and it talks about just kind of the foundations of the faith. Well, we had a girl that had just recently started coming um, like two weeks ago, and uh, and she was talking to me, and, and she's going through a separation right now uh, with her husband, and she said, you know, Pastor, you know, I've just started coming um, I think she even drives from, like, Smithfield, and she comes all the way here uh, to Goldsboro. She passes the Princeton campus, which, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and uh, is this is being recorded, and, uh, and she, uh, she, comes, she comes here to the Goldsboro campus, and she said, I want to grow in my faith. Like, what do you guys have? And I said, grab one of those red, red uh, Gospels of John and, and go through it. We know, I saw her on Thursday night. And she said, Pastor, I want to tell you, I started reading that, and she said, It's been awesome. It's been awesome. You know, so we have a lot of people that are coming, and it's inspiring. We have a lot of new people that don't know Jesus or have just come to Jesus that are hungry. All right? So, where are you at right now? You know, you could be a believer for 20 years and just be going through the motions. Are you hungry? Like, you are as close to God as you want to be right now. And, um, and so let's make 2016 an intimate year uh, to be with the Lord. So this series, we're talking about a recipe for prayer that will empower your prayers and change your life forever. The first week, we talked about preparation and the benefits of a prayer journal. I shared my personal journey, uh, journey in journaling and how it has deepened my walk with Jesus Uh, Last week, we talked about consternation. Uh, What that means is being disturbed or bothered. And we said, when you create the discipline to get in your prayer journal and live a life of prayer, you will draw closer to Jesus, which will result in your heart and your perspective become more like Jesus's. And what brings him joy will start to bring you joy, but also what makes him weep what, what, what breaks God's heart will now start to break your heart. And, and you were just going to be more sensitive. Um, you're probably going to cry more, which is fine. And we say that Jesus was a man of sorrows, and your heart will become tender and broken like never before. And also, when you press into the Lord, when you get serious, when you get hungry, instead of going through the motions anymore, the enemy. Hates that. And I'm telling you what, guys, I'm feeling it. And and, and we're feeling it. And we're especially feeling it in 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 regards to health. I really feel like God is really attacking uh, my family and this campus and our church in a lot of ways through health. Because He wants to discourage us that way. Because I'm telling you what, I've been the pastor, we're going on six years, uh, campus pastor here at the Goldsboro campus. Six years, and I've never experienced a January like we've experienced. I've never seen a fire in people like I, like, like I have this month. But I've also never seen the attacks and, and, and health-wise like I have either. So continue to press in. Get ready because it's war, all right? But we are victorious. We, we are God's kids. He has already won the victory. All right, and we can celebrate in that. Then we talked briefly about how to organize your prayer journal. We talked about how you need to have uh, four sections, or we encourage you to have four sections in your prayer journal. Uh, one is worship and thanksgiving, f- praising God for who he is, thanking God for what he's done. Do You know, it's, it's, it's um, really difficult to be, um, you know, like a, uh, a Danny Downer. When you're thanking God for everything in your life, you know. If anyone's named a Danny in here, it's just a saying. I just I'm not. Um, so worship and thanksgiving. Uh, number two, personal. So so praying about uh, personal needs and for your family needs. Uh, number three, to have uh, a bridge section. Things that you're just praying specifically for uh, your church family. And number four, uh, a kingdom section. Praying kingdom prayers. Praying prayers that you know God is the only one that can answer. But not only just focusing on the bridge, but focusing on uh, revival in our community and and praying for uh, churches around the country and around the world. Do you know there are more people being persecuted, more people dying for their faith this past year than ever before? Than ever before. And we believe that the Lord is coming, that he's going to return, and so we're just going to press into him. I also shared that in my, in my journal, uh, one of the things that I do is, is I write sermon notes in here as well. Um, I put pictures in here. Um, you know, pictures are really important to me, and, and so my wife actually, she put a little picture of our little family in here and, uh, and wrote some encouraging words for me this past week. That meant a lot to me. Um, I put goals in here. I have song lyrics um, I have a hit list in here, so um, many of you that don't know Jesus, you might as well just come to Jesus because you're in my prayer journal, and you know who you are. And um, I carry it with me wherever I go. I, I have it in the, in the car with me. Um, you know, wherever I go, I have that. I have that journal with me. And if I don't, I put it on. My, I have it on my phone, but then I put on my phone in my journal as well. I wanted to share a couple of awesome stories about uh, what God is doing through journaling. There is a, a pastor in the area. He's on staff at one of the largest churches in our community, and uh, uh, he uh, has been seeing all these posts about journaling on Facebook, and so um, so he wa- really wants to start doing that in his life as well. And so we're going to get together for lunch here in the next week and uh, just kind of kind of show him kind of how how I do journaling. But isn't that cool? Like. Here you have a pastor of another large church in this area, and he's seeing what you guys are posting, and he's seeing how you guys are growing. So that's really cool. Uh, another, another cool story is there's a young military couple that just moved here, and, and they just got married, and, uh, and he, uh, he called me this past week, and he said, he said, Pastor, we just started coming to the bridge. We feel like you know it's, it's home for us, but I really want to get serious in my walk with the Lord, and I really want to lead my wife as a spiritual leader of my home. And uh, he said, I just want to let you know that, that we just started journaling uh, this past week, her and I did. And it's really cool because we're sharing what God's doing, what God, how God's speaking to our hearts. And uh, that's really exciting. And then there's another girl. Uh, her and her husband just started coming. And, uh, and she told me that, that she has just started journaling. Um, and she told her dad that she's started journaling. Uh, now, her dad has been journaling for 40 years. And he's been telling her to journal, but she hasn't done it yet. But now she heard the pastor do it, and now she's doing it. Uh, But, you know, that's how it works. You know, when your parents tell you something, you're like, how dumb is that? You know? And then someone else says, you're like, man, that's a really good idea. (laughs) So if you missed any of the messages, you can go online. And uh, and listen to the other other uh, any messages you've missed, or if you just want a refresher, we encourage you to go online bridgechurch.cc, and uh, you can hear all those messages. Today, let's talk about the third ingredient of our recipe for powerful life-changing prayer. Number three, it's submission. Submission, which means humbling yourself. Now, I tell you what, man, this is what, this was a tough one um, for me to kind of work through t- yesterday morning, and. And, um, you know, Pastor Ferrell preaches, our senior pastor preaches on Thursday nights, and uh, he sends me his notes uh, early in the week, and then, and then I listen to it on Thursday, and then the weekend I try to, I try to personalize it. And uh, so I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, just take me a few hours, you know, on, on Saturday morning to just personalize it and prepare for Sunday. And, man, it was like three hours went by, four hours went by, and I'm like, oh, I was like on page two. And uh, and so God's really working in my heart as well, and and then I spent several hours this morning uh, working through this. So this is not an easy topic to talk about, and and I just was even asking myself even before a service. I'm like, all right, God, like what am, what areas in my life am I not submitting to? Uh, because I, you know, I'm 37 years old. Um, I know um, I know I don't look it. You know that's why I try to grow some facial hair here, so no one mistakes me for one of the youth at the church, but. Um, you know, I'll be 38 in the summer and, and as I look at my life, I look at some, some areas in my life where I, where I continue to struggle with, where I thought, you know, 14, 15 years ago when I surrendered my life to Christ, I thought I'd be farther along on and I, and I look at, and, and I, and there's still some areas that I'm still struggling with and I'm like, oh man, like, you know, hopefully when I'm like 45, 50, I'll overcome some of these, but but may, maybe not. I don't I don't know. But like life is hard, man. Life is hard, and when you when you go against culture, and, and when you see the Lord, um, that's not easy, and you cannot do it on your own strength. And so I'm I'm working through this message right now, and this message is definitely for me. So we're still in Luke 22, where it's recorded that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, <laughs> Seminary, wow, <laughs> Gethsemane. Um, I went to seminary. I don't think it's a cemetery, but Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was arrested, tried, and crucified. So let's read Luke 22, 39 through 46, if you guys have that up on the screen. And he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthened him, and being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow and said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, an area that I want to focus on is where Jesus prays, not my will, but yours be done. God's will for your life is always better than what you think it should be. Notice I did not say easier. Better because there is a purpose, and we all want purpose in our life. I mean, we, all of us want purpose, and all of us want our life to count for something. All of us want to make a difference. You have to remember, no matter what's going on in your life right now, that God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what you need and where you need to be. The truth is, God's life plan is always better than mine. God's plan for your life is always better than your plan. Hebrews 5-7 focuses on the grief of his agony here in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, in the day of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions, and urgent supplications for that which he needed with fervent crying and tears. When is the last time you literally hit your knees to the floor and cried out for God? And why does it take like emergencies in our life to be able to do that? I was talking to a gentleman last year who had a heart attack during Christmas time, not this past December, but the year before that, and he almost died. And, uh, and he says, you know what, Pastor? I really miss how intimate I was with the Lord during that time. To the one who was always able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God, his sinfulness and his unfailing determination to do the Father's will. And he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God. Jesus went willingly, went willingly. When we pray, we must empty ourselves of all confidence in anything or anyone other than our Creator. We must empty ourselves of all spiritual pride, not rely on our own strength, and pray for divine help. God's plan, God is your plan A, all right? God is your plan A. There is no plan B and no plan C. Have you ever taken a step of faith and then, you know, you, you sought God, you didn't, you, you know, it wasn't a black and white thing, you didn't know exactly what he was doing, but you prayed about it, you had a peace about it. Um, You know, you talk to other believers that you know, and you went for it. And after you went for it, you said, God, if you don't come through, I'm sunk. God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. Has anyone ever prayed one of those? Two people. Awesome. As in all things, Jesus is our example. In Luke 22 42 Jesus says, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet, from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. But yours be done." And in John 6:38, it says, "For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not to do my will, but his will." Philippians 2, 3 through 11, we're going to read through this, and I think uh, we might have left out verse 8, which is a very important verse, so you have to look that up later. But it says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regarding one another as more important than yourselves. What if this world was a little bit less selfish and more selfless? Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in among yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, fully God, fully man, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, to use for his own purpose, but emptied himself taking the form of a bondservant. What's a bondservant? A bondservant is someone that was like a slave, but their master treated them so good, when they were free to go, they didn't want to go. That gives some meaning there. I mean, when I, when, I, when I came to the Lord, when I, had, I made a personal decision for, for Jesus Christ in my early 20s, I realized how good... He's been to me, and I never want to leave. I never want to walk away. And being made in the likeness of men, being found, I guess we do have eight, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above everything every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and hell, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Oh, my goodness. Think about this. Genesis 1, God said, "Let us, plural, make man in our plural image." Jesus has always existed. The Father has always existed. The Holy Spirit have always existed. And they had this perfect union, and they love so much. God loved so much that He created man. To share that love. And we jacked it up. The (laughs) Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have always existed. Now Jesus existed in a human form when he came to the earth. But that's not when all of a sudden he just came to the picture. He humbled himself as a man. So Jesus, who was here before the beginning of creation, let men he created to torture him. To pull his beard out by the handfuls, to spit on him, to beat him till he was unrecognizable, to pierce his hands and feet and nail him to a cross. God, Jesus, who is God, humbled himself and let men he created to do that to him. I don't want to hear how unfair life is to you. God highly exalted Jesus because of his submission. Have you ever been treated unfairly? Have you ever been, are some of you being untreat, treated unfairly right now? Listen, I'm all about standing up for yourself. I tell my son, you never throw the first punch. Listen, man, I think sometimes we take that whole turning the cheek and we've created a bunch of wussies. (laughs) I wasn't planning on saying that. You never know what I'm going to say up here, buddy. (laughs) Listen, I'm all about standing up for yourself, all right? But do you try to control every situation in your life? And when you don't get your way, then you get upset, and you cry like a baby, you make everyone miserable around you? Or when you're treated unfairly, do you try to get even with someone? Or are you trust, trusting God that he knows what is going on and he will have the last word? Because I tell you what, man, it's amazing what people say to pastors. Good and bad. They would, I mean, people say things to pastors that they wouldn't tell anybody else as far as, like, criticizing. All right? If you don't got thick skin, don't go into ministry. You will not make it. I guarantee it. But when, when someone treats you unfairly, yeah, you can stand up for yourself, but also realize God's allowed it to happen, all right? You're not in control, and he will have the last word, Listen, we got a daddy that spanks, and when he spanks, he gets people's attention, but I can't control that. So what are you trying to control right now instead of submitting to God? You have access to the Father because of the submission of the Son. You have access to the Father because of the submission to the Son. That'd be good, something right write down in your journal. Every person will bow down and proclaim Jesus as Lord. The prophet Muhammad, the founder of Islam, will bow down before Jesus Christ. Every Muslim will bow down before Jesus Christ. Joseph Smith the founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormons, will bow down to Jesus. Everyone that's involved in ISIS will bow down to Jesus. Not one knee will will never get past that. So what I'm saying right now is if every knee is going to bow down, including yours, if you're going to submit, why don't you do it now while you still have time? Because tomorrow is never promised. Your way home from church is not promised. You have an opportunity right now to submit to a loving God who who made you, who created you, who wants a relationship with you, who's your best friend, who's the love of your soul. Why would you not want to submit to that? I don't get it. Listen, man, I know we're all stubborn and we got to learn the hard way, but how much more heartache are you going to have to go through before you submit? The world is all about exalting themselves. In in Psalm 75, 6, it says, For exaltation, promotion, comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. What direction is missing? North. The direction that is missing is north. The north gate. The Via Dolorosa. The way of grief, sorrows, suffering, and pain held to be the path that Jesus walked on the way to his crucifixion. Listen, we're all about being comfortable in this life. But I don't want to be comfortable. God is not looking for comfortable Christians. Comfortable Christians don't change the world. Comfortable churches are irrelevant. And I don't want to be that pastor. I don't want to be a part of a church like that. I want to do things as a church where other people say, Can a church do that? I've never 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 I've never seen a church do that. Can can they do that? Can they talk about sex? Two weeks. God will never ask you to go through something that his son didn't have to endure while on earth. God will never ask you to do anything that he himself didn't have to endure. You know, when someone tells me it's going to be all right if I'm going through something like really difficult and they've never been through what I'm going through, I'm like, whatever, dude. You know? But if I know that someone's been through what I've been through, I listen. I listen to them. Jesus has been through what you've been through. Listen, uh, this past week, uh, someone that my wife and I know sent us a message saying that she was, uh, she's, she's older now, she's a li- little bit older than, ma- than me, but it's coming out now that, that she was um, sexually assaulted by her stepdad and also three other men in her family. And she is broken, and she is heartbroken, huh. especially for her mom. Who I, I don't even know if her mom knows this or not, and and I think about uh, we're, we're going to get a little graphic here. I think about what she went through, and I cannot imagine. I never I, I never experienced anything like that, and so she's just reaching out to us because she trusts us, and so my wife and I were you know we're talking to her, and and, and like what do you, like what, what what kind of response do you give? You know, and, and I think of all the people that have, that have been through that, and I mean, they, they say like a third of, of women will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime or molested. You know, here she was, like a little girl. And not only one, not only two, not only three, but four men in her family <laughs> did that to her. And I'm, I'm a heartbroken. And you know what? God just doesn't say, I was, I, was, I was there. He just doesn't say that. This is what, how he feels. Jesus says, not only was I there, but I felt every violent thrust that you went through. I felt, I felt the wetness that you felt. I felt that's a God who loves us. That's a God that, that experiences what we went through. So if you went through that, God not was only there, but he experienced it with you. And his heart breaks for you. Please hear me. Everything you go through in this life, God goes through it with you. He is a God that relates. He is a God that loves. He is a God that is worthy of our worship. That's the God that I want to surrender my life to. That's the God that I want to live for. Whatever it was that you went through, he went through it with you. And he loves you. Now, I don't don't understand. I don't understand why he allows some of the things he allows. But there's a greater purpose. There's a greater purpose. K. Arthur said the will of God for your life is simply that you submit yourself to him each day and say, Father, your will today is mine. Your pleasure for today is mine. Your work for today is mine. I trust you to be my God. You lead me today and I will follow. What if you said that before your feet hit the ground in the morning, before you walk out the door, That, God, I want what you want for me today. I trust you to be God, and I will follow where you lead me. Submission is essential to a powerful prayer life. Do you want God to change you? It won't happen until you submit and until you surrender. There has to be an initial surrender. There needs to be a time where you said, yes, I make Jesus my Lord and Savior. But also, there needs to be a daily surrender as well. I love this quote. It says, we can be reassured that each step deeper into the Lord's presence will reveal areas in our hearts which need to be cleansed. Do not be afraid, for when the Spirit shows you an area of sin in your life, it is not to condemn you but to cleanse and to deliver you. God does not want to condemn you. He wants to cleanse you and deliver you. Here's a story of, 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 a, of a girl that from, from a while back that, that started coming to our church. She was living with her boyfriend. They came from the other side of the country to be here, military, military couple. She started coming to the bridge. He didn't, he, didn't, he, wanted, he didn't want anything to do with the bridge or God or anything else. We didn't, of course, we don't believe in, in, in living together before you're married. All right? and if you're doing that, hey, this is a place where you can belong before you believe, okay? Um, but we didn't even talk about it. And she was drawing close to the Lord. She was drawing closer and closer to the Lord. And you know what she did? She felt a conviction in her heart of what she was doing was wrong. And so she asked him to move out and they broke up. Some of you are saying, well, we're living together, but we can't afford to live on our own. You can't afford to keep on living the way you're living. Do you think, do you not think the God of, of, of all creation can take care of your bills to help you live if you're gonna live for him? What an awesome story. You know, like, like it sucks having to confront sin. It does. And you say, "Ah, you can't use that word. I just used it. Whatever. Listen, when you're a pastor, you deal with people's sins all week long, and it's just draining. But when you draw close to the Lord... I don't have to like call call you out here and there and there. No, God, God, is, God brings conviction into your life to create change. and, and He cleanses you and He delivers from, you, from from that from you. God cannot bless disobedience because He loves you too much to do that. Christianity is not a bunch of rules you need to follow. and stop doing this sin and that sin. Jesus simply said come follow me as you are, as you are, it's about following Jesus. And when you start doing that, you will stop doing self-destructive things. When you follow Jesus, you will stop harming yourself and you will stop harming relationships. You start harming, stop harming your, your marriage and your kids and, and your coworkers, Becoming a follower of Christ means turning away from our self-centeredness and turning our lives over to Christ's direction and control. That's what being a Christian is all about. Listen, Jesus is not fighting against you. He is fighting for you. Jesus is not fighting against you. He is fighting for you. You will never regret surrendering your life to jesus you will never regret surrendering your day to jesus let me pray